Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And for many people, we celebrate the day of Pentecost. And I just thought for a few moments, I'd just give you a little bit of the background. So I just want to encourage you to stick with me for a few moments while I just lay the foundation of what Pentecost Sunday is all about. It's not just something that is a theory. Yes, it is a theory, but it is also a theology and it's a practice within the Christian church. So I just want to lay a foundation and here we go. It's interesting to note that Christians from Catholics to Protestants acknowledge Pentecost Sunday as the birth of the New Testament church. It's interesting to note also that the Apostle Peter was the first church leader. It's amazing. So many thousands of years ago when we trace church history back that the Apostle Peter was the first church leader. And actually, he was a follower of Christ, as you know, and also he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So Pentecost was celebrated on the 50th day after the Passover feast. If you remember, it was in the Passover feast time that Jesus Christ was crucified and died on the cross. So now that we're talking about Pentecost, it's 50 days from the Passover feast, or it's the seventh Sunday after Easter. Also, it's interesting to note that 50 is the number for Pentecost, symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming and also a spirit of freedom coming into people's lives. It was on this day in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit was poured out on 120 followers of Jesus Christ who were gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem. It was on this day that the church was born in a blaze of glory. Ah, it must have been amazing. Oh, how I wish I was there. But the good news is today that the Holy Spirit was poured out then, and the Holy Spirit is still within our lives and in our midst today. I just want to read a scripture that's found in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And it says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it was the day to celebrate Pentecost, the first fruits, the harvest time. And they were there with one accord in one place at speaking about the disciples. And then it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared on them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled, not just one or two, but they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As I've been doing study into this whole subject of Pentecost Sunday, there's a writer by the name of Dr. Jerry Vines, and he says, sometimes 
we as Christians get stuck between the cross of Christ, his resurrection, and Pentecost. So we are saved through the cross of Jesus Christ. We experience his life through the resurrected Christ. But here's a question. Have we been to Pentecost for power? Let's put it this way. Bethlehem means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Calvary means God for us, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. But Pentecost is God in us. And Pentecost is an experience for every child of God. So when I speak about Pentecost, it's a terminology that I'm using because it's Pentecost Sunday, but we could refer to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are privileged to live in a generation where God is still pouring out his spirit in a mighty way. So just for a moment, I just want us to look at the promise of Pentecost and the birth of the church. After Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, he takes his stand and he gets up and he begins to proclaim to the people because the filling of the Holy Spirit had kind of aroused so much interest in the city and there were people everywhere wondering what was going on. And Peter gets up and he preaches a sermon and then the people had realized that crucifying Jesus Christ was one of the worst things they've ever done. And they asked Peter after they were convinced they did the wrong thing, what, what can we do now? And it says here in this verse of Acts chapter 36, it says, and when they heard this, what Peter had said, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, man, brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, this is what you need to do. He said, you need to repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission, for the washing away of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, to your children, to all who are afar off, and as many as the Lord our God shall call unto himself. So I believe in my understanding of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it was not just for then, it was promised for us here in 2020. Another writer by the name of Dr. John Rice, he says, there is an experience after salvation called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. All saved people do have the Holy Spirit. When someone is saved, the Holy Spirit puts you into the body of Christ. There is what some call the second blessing or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Saved people are not always filled with the Holy Spirit, but the good news is they can be. Okay, so not being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make you an inferior Christian. You were born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. He loves you. He accepts you. But being filled with the Holy Spirit empowers you. The promise of Pentecost. 
It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all men and women. Let's dig into this a bit deeper. Even before Pentecost, it says here in Luke 24 and verse 49 in the New King James Version, this is Jesus. He says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endured with power from on high. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a definite and a distinct experience. And I believe a Christian will know if they've been baptized in the Spirit or not. Let's look at the last words that Jesus says to his disciples in Acts chapter 1. I want to read from verse 4, and it goes like this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then you look at the next two verses and the disciples begin to ask Jesus, hey, is this a time that you're going to establish your earthly kingdom? But Jesus didn't come then to establish his earthly kingdom. He came to establish the spiritual kingdom of God in the hearts and lives of men and women. So he brings them back on track again in verse 8. And he says, don't worry about that at the moment. One day I will come back and very soon and I will set up my earthly kingdom. But at the moment, he says, listen to what I'm saying. Verse 8, and this is to us today as well. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So Jesus was bringing them back into focus. What does that mean? Will you be a witness to me in your home, in your town, in your city, in your nation? Now, when he had spoken these things, and while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, 10 days after Jesus had ascended into heaven, he sent the promise of the Father and the ones who waited in Jerusalem in that upper room until the day of Pentecost, they all received the power of the Holy Spirit. I think there's something about waiting. I just wonder how many started on day one. There may have been thousands. Then a few days later, other people dropped off. And, but on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people and they received the Holy Spirit. I just really believe in my heart today, there's people that just need to wait. Wait on God. Wait on his timing. Wait on his purpose. Yes, occupy, but wait. Make sure you're doing what Jesus Christ has instructed you to do in this season. And I know in this pandemic season, it gets frustrating where you, you, know, you can't do certain things. Why don't you just use the season to wait? See what Jesus has to say to you. Make new plans for the future because I really believe that waiting can be a waste of time or it can be a time 
of preparation. And I believe that the future is always unkind to people who do not prepare for it. I believe in the power of waiting. And they waited, and the Holy Spirit came. And when Peter gets up and preaches, he says, hey, guys, what we've experienced is what was declared by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. On the day of Pentecost, it was a partial fulfillment of that prophecy. I believe that today in the end times, I believe that God is still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Oh, thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God that he died. Thank God that he rose again. But thank God that right now that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and the Holy Spirit is God's representative here on this earth declaring to us the wonders and the glories of God and drawing people unto Jesus Christ. Oh, have you received the power of the Holy Spirit? What a great question to ask ourselves on Pentecost Sunday. The purpose of Pentecost. One word portrays the purpose of Pentecost as harvest. I believe that harvest is as the heart of Pentecost. How do I know that? What's my reasoning? When the disciples fill with the Holy Spirit, Peter gets up and preaches, and 3,000 people came into the kingdom of God. I just want to read Joel to you. Joel 2, starting at 23, and it says this, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully and will cause the rain to come down upon you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors will be full of wheat and the vats will overflow with new oil and I'll restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. I believe this is all in the concept of the day of Pentecost and the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. It says the threshing floors will be full of wheat. I believe where the power of the Holy Spirit is, wheat talks about nourishment. I believe the word of God comes forth in power and authority. Where it talks about the vats overflow with new wine and oil. It talks about the spirit of joy, the, the dynamics of the Holy Spirit being released upon our life. And I will restore to you the years, the swarming locusts. A lot of us have been ripped off in life by the enemy. And I believe that the God we serve and the power of the Holy Spirit, he has the ability to restore unto us that which the enemy has taken from our lives. There's two things that are necessary for a harvest. He speaks in this verse about the early or the former rain, which in the farming world, it prepares the soil for the planting at seed time. If there's no rain, everything's dry, you sow the seed, nothing happens. And I believe that when the Holy Spirit comes, it just does something in the soil of our heart to receive the Word of God. And then it talks about the latter rain, which matures the crop for harvest. So you need rain for sowing the seed, and you need rain just before the harvest so the crop is matured. I believe that we're living in a time 
where God has poured out the former rain, and I believe the latter rain of the Spirit. I believe we're coming in as a church and as a people to the greatest harvest that we've ever seen on planet Earth, and we're seeing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then the prophet declared in verse 9, he says, hey guys, proclaim this among the nation. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near and let them come up. What it's saying, he's, my de declaration to you today is, come on mighty men, come on mighty women. This is a day of Pentecost. This is a day where God is trying to do something in our spirit to rise up the mighty men. I want to speak to every man today. It's time to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time for you to be the man and the leader in your community, in your family that leads people in the ways of the Holy Ghost. Come on, mighty men. This is your day. This is your hour. Come on, mighty women. This is our day and this is our hour. And then it says, let the nations be awakened. Verse 13, it says, put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. I'm so excited about this hour. I believe that what's happened on planet Earth at the moment, you know, has been devastating. But I believe that God's doing something in the lives of men and women to prepare for us for the biggest harvest of people coming to know the power of Jesus Christ and to experience the hope that he can bring. Because he says in verse 14, there's multitudes, there's multitudes in the valley of decision. I believe in this day, people have so many questions. What we've gone through in our pandemic is money hasn't got the answer. Our security in our job hasn't got the answer. There's a desire in the hearts and lives of men and women and in your heart today. Oh, there's decisions to be made. Yes, I will follow after Jesus Christ. I will be a person that knows him as my savior and as my empowerer the power of Pentecost. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And as I wind this up, I believe he gives you power to love Jesus. It's not a brazen, arrogant power. It's a power that's filled with the love and grace of God. Look at Jesus. He went about the earth full of goodness and graciousness. He was a worshiper of God. He was someone that spent time in the presence of God. And I want to encourage us, Pentecost filled with the Holy Spirit, we become more a lover of Jesus and a worshiper of Jesus. It says that the Holy Spirit not only makes us fall in love with Jesus more and fall in love with people more, it causes us to love truth. 1 John 2 and verse 20, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. I believe the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Jesus says he's the way, the truth and the life. And the Holy Spirit comes to emphasize the truth that we find in Jesus. Come on, let's be people that know the Holy Spirit and let's be people that just have such a love for truth. Walk in the fellowship. Stay in the mainstream of what God is doing in a life-filled church and just know the truth of God that liberates. Truth 
always liberates. The Holy Spirit, it builds us up. It edifies us. Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, build yourself up in your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God. There we are again, that as we are being filled with the Holy Spirit, we are being edified, and what happens? We keep ourselves in the love of God. You know, I'm into all into self-help, but I want to tell you I'm more into Holy Spirit help of just getting into the presence of God, speaking in that heavenly language that he's given me, speaking in English and just being built up and it just strengthens and fortifies and keeps me in love with God. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18, the Apostle Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit to write most of the New Testament and plant churches. He says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. What is tongues? It's your prayer language that God gives you. You know, we can speak, we speak in English. We speak in that language of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you today, the Holy Spirit is not weird. Yes, I do agree, some people are weird, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. Also, I believe the Holy Spirit gives you witnessing power. And that doesn't mean you have to go out there on the streets. If you feel to do that, you do that. It doesn't mean that you have to kind of go and knock on doors. If you feel to do that, you do that. But I believe where the Holy Spirit says you'll be witnesses in our daily interaction as we have opportunity to share with people, to pray with people, to introduce people to God, to bring people to church. Sometimes we have that natural fear, but I believe the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to step across that line and to begin to share those things that God has put within our heart. I believe the Holy Spirit will give you confidence. I believe the Holy Spirit will give you boldness. I believe the Holy Spirit will give you courage to strengthen every area of your life, in your workplace, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your bringing up your children. I believe the Holy Spirit will strengthen you in all areas. So in Australia, there's 15.6 million people that call themselves Christian, 52% of the population. Basically, they're saying that their values are Christian values. But I want to take it a bit further today because you can say you're a Christian. But a Christian is not just I live a good life and I do good unto people. To be a Christian is to be born again where you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. There's a trust in Jesus for your salvation and for your strength and for your wisdom. And I believe that in Australia, that God is stirring the hearts of so many people to find the reality. It's not about religion, but it's about the relationship with Jesus Christ and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. In Indonesia, one of our closest neighbors, there's 24 million Christians 
40 years ago, it was 1.3 million. I believe that God is exploding on planet Earth. And I just want to encourage us today on this Pentecost Sunday that we will just open our hearts again to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the power of the Holy Spirit and realize that the church is not dead. The church is alive. The church is us. The church is people. If you are a Christian, you are saved. It was the gift that God has given to you, the gift of salvation. Jesus is God's special gift to this world. And I believe the Holy Spirit is God's special gift for the Christian. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 13, because sometimes you might think, if I ask for the Holy Spirit, I may get something that's not the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says this, How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Receiving Jesus will give you the power to become a child of God. Receiving the Holy Spirit will give you the power to live and to serve Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.